0: This is Tate Talks on iHub Radio, a fresh perspective on how to live your best life, combining biological sciences, mind-body medicine, nutrition, and exercise. This is the place to get the big picture on health and wellness. Live from the iHub Radio studios in Palm Springs, California, here's functional medicine certified health coach and award-winning wellness expert, Jason Tate.
1: Tate here, live in Palm Springs, California, where I was just talking with my producer, Alexandra. Thank you, Alexandra. Hi, Jason. For all you do,
2: oh, you're so it's amazing. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure being here.
1: Practicing my gratitude because it feels so good to be grateful. It does. It really does. It does. To offer gratitude and be grateful, and I truly am grateful. I I wouldn't be here, honestly, if it weren't for you, Alexandra. Oh, truly.
2: Well, you're. <laughs> You're amazing. I Thank love, love the show. <laughs> I know I'm working in the show, but I I, I love the show. I, I I'm just like you guys. I, I I sit here and I'm I'm learning, and it's amazing. It's amazing. Amazing.
1: We have fun each week. We talk we about do. health topics. That's what Tate Talks is for, to really just kind of educate, inspire, and make aware how we can live our best life. Tate Talks is. Really just kind of letting you know that your health is your, in your control. Yeah. You control right. your health destiny, and everyone has a right to be healthy.
2: Why not live the, I mean, I love that saying, and it's only in California that I've heard this, <laughs> live your best life. I
1: mean, For as far as we know, we only get one anyway. So might as I mean, well.
2: I mean yes. In in, in this in this <laughs> skin, this is the only one I get, but <laughs> I believe I, in reincarnation, but that's another show. <laughs> so, yeah. That's another show.
1: I'm cool talking about that, honestly. My mom was all about that.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I am, you know, a functional medicine certified health coach. Uh, I am a public speaker. I speak on topics in health and wellness. I just booked a couple of events coming up where I'm working with young men, uh, 8th, ninth, 10th grade, and actually I believe they're all 8th graders uh, for a conference where we're trying to empower young men to be a little more in in control of their academics and their mind and really just kind of be more focused. There's this gap in education right now as far as grades are concerned, as far as people going into high-paying careers. And women, young women and ladies, they are definitely outpacing the guys. Hmm. And this has been going on for a while now, more than a decade. And we're losing a lot of the male population. So there's outpacing a Outpacing how? What do you mean? Outpacing as far as performance academically. Hmm. So when you look at academic performance on, you know, different measurements, state to state, it doesn't even matter what state you're in. Okay. The women are outpacing. They're doing much better than the men. In some cases, hmm. 20% better.
2: Wow, that's a big gap.
1: And so that over the course of a long period of time. And so there's this uh, correlation between educational attainment, uh, success, and then incarceration and Mm. that type of thing. And so we're trying to bring more um, perspective and and just kind of a, uh, I don't know. Anyway, so I'm going to be working with these young men and then also um, men in college, Hmm. young men in college. I have two events that I'll be speaking at recently. So. Talking about living that best life and doing well and what Tate Talks is about, you can catch us uh, on podcasts. You can listen to previous shows, or no, tate-talks.captivate.fm. Also on Instagram at tatetalks.radio. And you can find me on Facebook, Jason Tate. Also LinkedIn, Jason Tate. You can call in the studio if you ever have a question. Seven six zero five four four talk. We would love to talk to you. Eight two five five. Or
2: email or email studio even text. at
1: ihubradio And then and there's text. a text service. What's the text? Seven six zero six nine nine zero two zero two. Yeah, yeah. So and and
2: a, we're going to dedicate a show at some point because we get going lot. We want to do questions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard to do it during the show, so I think we'll just dedicate. Maybe a second hour of next week or the following week. It's up to you. But I think we
1: can th- take listener questions. Take sure. Yeah, question we'd love it. Yeah. We'd yeah. love to do that. It's hard They're to get to
2: them, but we definitely we read them all yeah. and uh, we'll, we'll definitely, and we reply. But there are some that are definitely worthy of, of reading in the air and, and, and addressing them on the air.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the other job that I have, my, well, my job, my day job, <laughs> Monday through day Friday. Job. Don't, quit, don't quit your day job. <laughs> and often on the weekends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a teacher. And I work with uh, high school students. I teach 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. I teach nutrition uh, in a course that I created and wrote called Physiology of Digestion. And I also built a medical health academy, an integrative holistic medical health academy for high school students who have interest in going into healthcare. And speaking of answering questions, some of my favorite classes are ones that are student-led by their own curiosity and a lot of what they want to learn about. And of course we stay on topic in health and it just, oh, I love it. My 10th graders, they're so curious this year and we have so much fun. I love my 10th grade classes. I love my seniors too. Don't forget you guys. I love you too, <laughs> but I love my 10th graders. They have the best and most curious questions. I'm really having so much fun with them this year. So any that are listening, thank you so much for your curious questions. And those are some of my favorite classes. So calling in or sending text messages or emails to the studio, I love it. I definitely would love to, you know, build a show around that. Mm-hmm. So it is flu and cold season. It's Ugh. in full effect. I was just hearing some news here at iHub about, um, I believe it was 18 people who have yeah. died in California since September 29th from mm-hmm. the flu, and a couple of them being kids. It is flu and cold season
2: everywhere actually not, yeah. just not everywhere my mom so, just got hit with the flu and she's on Maui
1: Yeah it's it's you know and it, it it's not because of the weather no right temperature doesn't make you sick water rain snow elements don't make you sick you need to be in contact with a pathogen a flu is a virus and cold is a virus and you need to come into contact with this pathogen it just so happens this time of year it's a little colder in the northern hemisphere people are closer together in proximity Mm -hmm. they're not going outside as much more people have it therefore more people are sharing it and if you're not protected now i I plan on, knock on wood, right? I plan <laughs> on not getting a flu or a cold, and I work in a school. Ugh. I work in a Petri dish, petri of dish. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I'm like, should I say it? Should I not say it? I don't know. It is. It is. It, it's, and it's I share total, that with the kids. It's dish. a Petri dish of disease. Yeah, yeah. All of them, even if they didn't have any siblings at all, mm. they're all in contact with each other, and they're all sharing these you know, not germs because mm-hmm. that I'll, that's another show. Right. They're sharing pathogens. They're yes. sharing infectious agents. Yeah. And Something we're is breathing like the same a pen air. Or yeah.
2: lending someone, you know. Right. Books. And I'm
1: not obviously sharing drinks or food mm. with my students. But we're sharing the same air.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We're touching the same thing. So some some natural ways for you to build. And so I, I plan on not getting sick uh, at all. Uh, although last week I did start to get a little... <clears throat>
3: in my throat and
1: so i took my own advice which is hard to do sometimes have you ever done that before you give really good advice oh yeah but then when
2: it comes to you my other half (laughs) tells me that constantly you know
1: what would you tell yourself to do
2: huh as far as getting staying whatever right
1: (laughs) fill in the blank i (laughs) give
2: amazing amazing relationship (laughs) advice you do i am the queen of giving about taking it
3: (laughs) As, sh- as I get
2: pointed out constantly, Alex, would you please just take your own advice? Please just once.
1: <laughs> love it. Love it. So I buckled down. I was like, okay, what would I tell somebody if, if it wasn't me? Like, what's my advice? And so I started to get, and it, was, it came from a couple of nights of bad sleep. And of course, I'm in contact with pathogens constantly all the time, thousands and thousands and thousands of of kids, you know, with their siblings and they all go to school and they all bring it all home to their Mm -hmm. families and then they all share it. And and so I started to feel it and I knew I needed to get more sleep. So that's what I did. I actually took a day off. I didn't wait for myself to fully get sick Mm -hmm. and then take time off because then I might have missed two or three or four days with a really terrible sore throat. I started to feel the beginning of it. And I was like, okay, I need to take a day and sleep as much as possible. And I did my juice recipe hmm. and I mixed it with my wellness shot recipe. Wow. In in the scent. And so I did juicing last week. I don't always do juicing every week. I usually do smoothies or juicing. Sometimes I do both. But I did my juicing last week and I added cayenne to the top of my juice, Mm -hmm. and that was burning in my throat, and it felt great. Mm. And in less than a 36-hour period, I was back to wellness. I was really feeling it coming on, and I totally could have, if I kept pushing myself, if I didn't take that time off. So you flushed all that. I flushed it out. I I rested. Mm -hmm. I stayed home. I graded. Thousands of papers. No. (laughs) (laughs) I got caught up on that. I got caught up on some grading. (laughs) And I rested and I did my wellness shots and I did the green juice, which is shared, by the way, Mm tate-talks.captivate.fm. If you go to episode four, hour two, I share the wellness shot recipe. And then my green juice recipe is shared. Where is that one? I think it's episode... For no, that would have been episode, episode three, yeah. right? Episode yeah. three, hour two. Anyway, there's a little blog there that says...
2: And this is something you drink, not something that you intravenous when you meet no, no, shot. No, 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 no.
1: Yeah, wellness shot, yeah. No, yeah, no.
2: Because everybody thinks of Walgreens and their yeah. shot.
1: just,
2: <laughs> just want to make that clear. It's the this wellness is, drink shot. Yes, thank you. So,
1: I did the green juicing with the ginger, the turmeric, and then all mm-hmm. the veggies plus a couple of, you know, a few different fruits and then the cayenne pepper on top. Get some extra sleep. Boom! Back to it. Back in front of the kids, ready to perform. So, yeah definitely highly recommend that this week on here's to your health i would like to share a butternut squash pie recipe pie roasted butternut squash pie minus the pie because i'm not really big on because there's a phyllo dough component to it uh, which we did it without the phyllo dough so you could just roast this in a pan it's a roasted butternut squash pie it is so delicious. It was kind of our centerpiece for our Thanksgiving meal. Okay. And I'm actually going to share, the recipe is very um, involved and dynamic, and I wouldn't be able to share all of it mm. on the show. So you're gonna have to go to the Instagram to get some links to see where the recipe is posted and to follow all the instructions. What I've done is I've, we've taken at home, we've taken the recipe, and my wife and my daughter are really good at modifying a recipe mm-hmm. and making it even healthier. Wow. And so that's what we did. Are you we gonna share your it.
2: Version?
3: Our version of it, okay. yeah,
1: yeah. I'll share our version of it. It will also be at tatetalks.radio on Instagram, and which I, when I do the Instagram posts, I always put them through my Facebook as well, so you can catch mm-hmm. them on there. So if you're not on Instagram, Catch me up on Facebook, and then I'll soon be catching everything up on LinkedIn as well. Mm. So Jason Tate on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. and I'm just—I got to tease you. I I want. You want the recipe now? You
2: know, you don't share this with me ahead of time (laughs) on purpose because I'm now like butternut squash, my favorite. (laughs) Give it up, come on, come on. And
1: (laughs) I used some butternut squash that was well, grown in Northern California on my father-in-law's farm.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: Yep. Oh my. Stay with us.
2: Okay.
0: If you want to prevent or even reverse many of the chronic diseases that plague society today, you're in the right place. Now, here's Jason Tate.
1: Jason Tate here, and I'm going to share with you, here's to your health, the recipe for a beautiful butternut squash dish. It's actually, when you find it, I believe we got the recipe off of Epicurious.com. And I'll be sharing the link on my Instagram at Tate.com. Uh, at tatetalks.radio, also through my Facebook and LinkedIn. So this recipe is a butternut squash pie, and we modified it, minus the pie. And so that's an interesting and very important thing that I want to talk about, modifying recipes. Hmm. So important, when you find a recipe, especially dessert recipes, do this, please. Whatever sugar that they're saying put into the dish, whatever it is, doesn't matter what it is, could be a pie, it could be an ice cream, whatever, use half cookies, use half of the sugar. It will still be sweet. It'll still be great. In fact, you might Mm -hmm. actually like it better. Because it won't be overrun by sweetness. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to taste what you're supposed to taste. The saltiness, some of the other spices maybe. Ooh, that reminds me. I need to share. There's a recipe for... (laughs) Oh, I'm about to do this next week. There's a recipe for a berry sorbet. Oh my God. That you can make in a blender.
2: You know, I'm just going to come to the show. This <laughs> no, no, no. The guests are amazing. are probably going
1: to want me to bring it in every week.
2: Yes. Bad okay. Idea. Going in. Bad forward. idea. Open my forward. big
1: mouth. <laughs> I don't believe it unless I
2: taste it. Oh. I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. Not fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So roasted butternut squash pie minus the pie, which it was, was phyllo dough. So there's a butternut squash obviously involved. This year it was so fortunate. My father-in-law came down with his wife and he has, I call it a farm. He has half of a hillside up in Northern California mm. where he grows some of the most amazing and delicious food. And he had butternut squash nice. and everything that he does is organic. He does his own composting. He does all that stuff. So, um, and I'm building a, a miniature version of, of what he's doing in, in my home. But so butternut squash, as far as like how much, you're going to have to jump on the social media outlets to see the exact recipe and serving sizes, but there's butternut squash, there's red onions, there's Mm. red bell pepper, Mm. kosher salt, extra virgin olive oil, uh, chopped ginger, ground cumin, ground cinnamon. The cinnamon part was really good too. And I loved when I made caponata when I was in Italy this Mm. summer, And we did like this farm to table experience and I made a dish called caponata. And it was, you do a lot of cinnamon Mm -hmm. in this caponata dish, which Mm -hmm. is so good. Another uh, roasted dish. Uh, Coarsely chopped fresh cilantro. uh, Freshly ground black pepper. And raisins. I don't believe we did raisins this year. You can you can forego the raisins if you're mm. trying to do less sugar. By the way, uh, because raisins are very high in sugar. And instead of and so the next ingredient is walnut pieces. So like chopped up walnuts. But mm. this year we did pecans, and I liked that. That's
2: more tangy. Yeah, yeah more I more like the pecans, thing.
1: but the walnuts are great too. Mm. It adds a beautiful texture. Because the butternut squash is soft mm-hmm. uh, and then 16, it says 16 ounces. We did three pounds of spinach. We probably did more, but you steam the spinach mm. and then you add that to the roasted dish and there's, and you roast it in a big pan in the oven. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so so good. It
2: sounds yummy. <laughs> sounds a mm, lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? And it's, e- you
1: know, it's even good when it's cold. You know, as leftovers. That's
2: when you know it's a good dish.
1: That's when you know it's a good that's dish. When, the next day, sprinkle cold. a little salt on it, yeah. take bites out of the Tupperware container, and it's still delicious. Mm, that's when you know it's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that's the recipe. I'll be sharing it on the social media outlets. I want to right now share with you some kind of more thoughts to digest. I was looking at some things that are great talking points and I wanna share one with you right now. And it's the concept of forward foods and backward foods. Hmm. And I want you to think before you eat something, is this a forward food or a backward food? And you can probably guess what that even means or how it relates. Is, is this what I'm about to eat? helping me move forward in my health, Mm -hmm. or is it moving me backward? Hmm. And this adds an element of mindfulness to what you're eating. And it probably is best to think about it in the process of you deciding whether or not you're going to eat it, rather than moving it to your mouth. At that point, it's sold. You're gonna eat it. <laughs> <laughs> your nose
2: is gonna catch. So before the you aroma, bake the cookies,
1: <laughs> like in the process of deciding whether or not you're going to bake the cookies, which I do recommend baking your own versus store bought, mm-hmm. a lot fewer ingredients, a lot less preservative, well, no preservatives, hopefully. Um, and better ingredients and of course half the sugar sugar. (laughs) (laughs) like i said alexandra's listening (laughs) (laughs) so much fun
2: my grandmother actually used to do that she was an an amazing baker and she would uh, not only reduce the sugar And she would substitute things like orange peel and um, just add, like, more flavors to, and and we would never miss the sugar. I would actually, I loved her cakes. I prefer her cakes over the bakeries. Have fun with it. Yeah. You should have
1: fun and love it, too.
2: Like put pineapple slices on top or something. I don't know.
1: (laughs) This and so much more. Stay with us.
0: From Palm Springs, California, iHub Radio presents inspirational conversation to help you on the path to vitality. Health and wellness conversation is front and center on Tate Talks with Jason Tate. Here's Jason.
1: Jason Tate here in the studio with my friend, this amazing voice you hear, Alexandra. Hi.
3: Hi. (laughs) (laughs) We're
1: talking about... Um, Some other food for thought. Well, kind of what I like to say as thoughts to digest. So just shared forward food, backward food. I have another one that I really, it's a principle. It's kind of, if you want to call it a rule. Okay. Some food rules, okay? Food rules are really good to have. And I'll share some some food rules later uh, from some other notable people who write about food and health and wellness. But some of my food rules... I'll share with you right now. So I have what I like to call the percent rule. And I would say, hmm, I'm probably hovering around 98% right now. So what does that mean? I actually first heard this from my wife. She said 95%. 95% of the time, she is eating within the boundaries of the diet. You know, whole food, plant-based, vegan diet, 95% of the time. So that means 5% of the time, you know, there'll be some cheese involved. There's no meat involved, um, you know, with our, with our diets. Although I have, it's been a while now, hmm. I have brought salmon back into my diet, but I haven't had salmon in a couple of months. Hmm. It's definitely not a common it's thing It's hard for to me. find good salmon. It is hard to find it's good really salmon. Though. So the percent rule. So I'm at a point where I'm pretty evolved, you know, as far as where I'm at. mostly what I eat is all plants, and mostly raw. And I'll be talking about the benefits of eating raw. I've been teasing it for Mm. a couple of weeks now. I wanted to talk (laughs) about it last week, and we just never got around to it. So I have to talk about it this week.
2: Too much good stuff to eat. Too much good
1: stuff. So I'm at 98%. However, wherever you are, that's the cool thing. As a health coach, I share with people, I'm going to meet you where you're at and support you Mm -hmm. at that place. Maybe it's 50%, maybe half the time. Maybe it's 15%, maybe it's 20%. -hmm. One day a week, you are eating forward food, okay? This whole concept of forward versus backward food. Mm -hmm. One day a week, uh, you have a meatless Monday, right? Mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger talked about that. I did a review briefly of a new health documentary out there called The Game Changers, so good. Have you seen it yet?
3: I
2: haven't. I've been wanting to, but you know, life's a little cuckoo mm-hmm. for me right now.
1: <laughs> I'll text and remind but you. Yes, please do that. <laughs> please do that. I'll, maybe I should put an alarm on my the phone. The Game Changers. <laughs> the so game. good. It's on Netflix right now. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, who a lot of people associate with masculinity. I mean, he's a multi, multi... Time winner, Mr. Universe, Mr. Mr. Muscle, the Terminator, the governor, former governor of California, the governor. (laughs) Uh, And he talks, uh, you know, shares how eating meat is clever marketing. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's advertising. It's not based in science. It's not based in reality for what the body needs. And he now is plant based. And he says, his blood work his cholesterol levels they're lower than they've been in his entire life mm. and I'm so proud of him yeah you know?
2: it, it, that's a huge thing for someone like him that's so ingrained into eating yeah. habits of eating meat and
1: and know. to and to have the courage to speak out about mm-hmm. it oh yeah right yeah. so but he's
2: always been a very big advocate of, of living healthy he has yeah yeah well
1: from the gym yeah. You know, and now that yeah, he's talking diet. about diet, mm-hmm. um, so much. You know, I look up, I look up to that. So, and he mm-hmm. has some, he has some really great motivational talks that he does mm-hmm. as well. So, thank you, Arnold, for sharing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he has the goal. He obviously has made these changes, and so we're talking about percentage. But he's made these changes so that he can live a long life you know, so that he can be around for his kids and his grandkids and have a long life. I had this conversation and I just shared with Alexandra right before the show started here that she reminded me of a topic I wanted to share. I I was going to talk about it earlier when I was talking about being a teacher. And we were watching um, part of a documentary called Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. And in that documentary, there's a scene where he joe cross is interviewing some people and asking them how long they anticipate that they'll live Mm -hmm. and the the range was you know some people said oh maybe early 40s and some people were saying "Eh, 60s i didn't really hear anyone share beyond the 60s wow scary that's very scary And so I I have my students write reflections about what they watch and what they see and what we talk about in class. And it was alarming for them to share with me. And these are teenagers, Mm. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, Mm. sharing with me that they plan on living into their 50s and 60s. And some of them even said 40s. And it wow. it was cause for alarm. That's
2: very young.
1: And I don't know if they were sharing that because that's what they saw or if they truly believe that or or if it's from the experience in their own lives, losing family members at that age. My mom was 62 when she passed away. Yeah I and I and so I spoke to the class the other day and I said, I don't know about you guys, but I really want to hit the century mark. Hmm. I think that's my long-term goal right now. My fifty-eight-year goal right now mm-hmm. is to make it to a hundred and not be taking any prescription medications.
2: That's my family
1: in the next fifty-eight years.
2: I mean, it's it's genetics too. I mean, my 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 grandmother and my grandfather died well into their nineties. My grandmother died uh, a month short of her hundredth. Um, oh. A month. Yeah, a month. She of a hundredth. My grandfather was 97. My other grandmother was 96. My other grandfather. I mean, it, it, they're up well into the 90s. So genetically Which is, great. is amazing. And no medication. Love it. No medication.
1: And you bring this up genetically. And I want to definitely share with you, genetics plays a role. Just a role. It definitely plays a role. And is, the best science that I've heard around this is it's around 10 to 15% of the role. Okay. And it's an interesting thing. What we eat, food is information. Mm -hmm. So think about that. What you eat reacts in your body. Your genes react to your diet. Mm -hmm. And genes are segments of DNA code that code for proteins that ultimately have effect inside the body, everything from designing and building the body to uh, creating other effects of organs, you can turn these genes on or turn them off depending on what you eat. Stress. And in science and in wellness and in health, we call this upregulation and downregulation. Okay. So you can upregulate genes or you can downregulate genes. What you eat determines which genes in your genetic code are turned on like light switches or a fuse box mm-hmm. and which genes are turned off. And it turns out that there are a whole subset of foods that turn on genes that are anti-cancer genes that prevent cancer from occurring in the body. They're called anti-angiogenic factors.
2: And how do you find out what they are?
1: So, well, I'm going to tell you what they are. (laughs) Thanks for sharing. (laughs) And there are uh, foods that upregulate these genes in the body that are linked to causing cancer. Okay. So what you eat turns on the switches in your body as far as um, what it, as far as how prevalent cancer can occur in your body, and it doesn't even. It's not just cancer; it's heart disease, it's diabetes. Mm, I have. Uh, I don't have the best genetics mm. in that sense. My mother passed away at 62 from her diet. Her mom's still alive Mm. in her 80s, maybe pushing 90s. So she had good genes, but she didn't eat a lifestyle to be able to upregulate and turn on these healthy genes. So it turns out the foods that... Mm. (laughs) turn on our genes, and help us to prevent cancer, these anti-angiogenic foods. And I'll talk about in a later show what I mean by angiogenic and angiogenesis. It's another beautiful uh, area of science that's little known but hopefully gaining some steam. Are raw plant-based foods. Blueberries across the board. Across the board. There's a whole list, and in future shows, I'll share the list mm-hmm. of angiogenic or anti-angiogenic foods, foods that starve cancer,
3: hmm.
1: foods that upregulate the genes that starve cancer. Uh, it turns out the foods that feed cancer, the biggest, and we talked about it in last week's show with Lauren, sugar, sugar, sugar. right? Sugar. The white cocaine of our generation. The white cocaine. <laughs> Well, I don't know if there's a different <laughs> color of cocaine, but sugar is, and believe it's actually nine times more addictive than cocaine. Oh,
2: wow. In
1: lab studies with lab rats, wow. lab rats will prefer sugar water over cocaine. No. Yeah. Oh nine God. times more addictive. And it lights up the brain in the same exact area that cocaine lights up the brain, but wow. even brighter.
2: Wow. Well, actually, family, friends were... Uh, the owners of the
1: sugar canes. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> we knew the, the drug
2: dealers.
3: The world's
1: most <laughs> addicted drug. And my I very no first idea. show, mm-hmm. if you listen to episode one, hour one, Dr. Mm-hmm. Joe Sugar, mm-hmm. not sugar, mm-hmm. Sugar. Mm-hmm. He is, you know, the anti-sugar guy. And he and I both, I'm actually doing a lot of work around mm-hmm. reducing the amount of sugar that kids I'm are slowly getting. I'm cutting out. Yeah,
2: no longer gonna taste sugar in my coffee. I'm slowly like getting it completely out of my diet. So it's not easy.
1: It's not easy, no, Ooh. because it's, it's it's everywhere. Highly addictive, and, and it's, it's, everywhere. Everywhere it's everywhere because everywhere. because they know, mm-hmm. you know, if they want to sell their foods, they got to put a little sugar in there and mm-hmm. make it sweet, even if it's not sweet. There's sugar in there, and it's highly addictive because it's a brain chemistry. When you start taking it
2: out of your diet, mm-hmm. you actually start tasting the food.
1: Oh, it's so much nicer.
2: It's so much nicer. Yeah. Absolutely. You food don't realize it. can be it.
1: complex and beautiful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's amazing how much you taste the flavor of food when you take the sugar out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When the sugar is in, that's pretty much all you taste is the sweetness. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when you start taking it out, then you start to actually taste the complexity of yeah. the food. And
1: really enjoy what you eat. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. eat less. And you eat less. Because
2: it's so flavorful.
1: So that's one of the other benefits. So, raw food versus cooked food turns out, um, when you cook food, you you're obviously you're changing it, right? You're changing it chemically. Mm-hmm. And cooked foods have little to no, in fact, usually none, depending on how high of a heat you cook it at. Mm-hmm. Vitamin C, by the way, disintegrates at eighty six degrees Fahrenheit, which is thirty degrees Celsius. So, if you are baking an apple bye mm-hmm. bye vitamins <laughs> if you're you know cooking an orange or whatever you're putting orange peels in something you're you're losing the vitamin c which is mm-hmm. a really great antioxidant talk about anti cancer mm-hmm. blueberries have a high amount of vitamin c mm-hmm. mangoes have a high amount of vitamin c pineapple a lot of the, all the, all the citrus fruits of course mm-hmm. vitamins are ultra heat sensitive so cooking foods so this vegetable stew that you have Might be delicious, but there are no more vitamins. Not (laughs) nutritious. Yeah, well, it has minerals. It has minerals. So, and that's an important concept as well. So, I I want to talk a lot more about this raw versus cooked. Um, So, stick around, stay with us. I'm going to talk about raw versus cooked and some great ways to just kind of add some raw to your diet Mm. and prevent pathogenic leukocytosis. Stick around for that. Say
2: that ten times.
0: Tate Talks continues on iHub Radio with iHub Radio wellness expert, Jason Tate.
1: Jason Tate here in the studio with my friend and producer, Alexandra. Yay. We're talking (laughs) about raw foods.
2: We are.
3: And
1: the benefits of eating raw versus cooked foods. Now, I am not saying go full raw. However, I've done it. I did a 30-day raw food plant-based challenge, and it was probably one of the tougher ones. That I've done because you miss, like, you miss warm food, you miss cooked food after a while. So, back in the earlier part of the show, I was talking about percentage mm-hmm. as far as eating a certain percent. So, I do 98%, I do 100% plant based, mm-hmm. and I probably am about, hmm. I'd say with the smoothies and the juices and the salads. That's a typical day for me. Okay. And then a little bit of cooked beans maybe on the salad or, you know, something, I don't know, some, some butternut squash on the salad or <laughs> sweet <laughs> potatoes. Um, I don't cook the avocados. I do a lot of avocado for protein and fats. I'd, I'd probably say about 95% raw most days.
2: That's very high, I think. Yeah. That's good.
1: So it's, and it's nice, because here's what happens, okay? Our body, we have it pretty mapped out. We, you know, after this amount of time, we have a pretty good knowledge of the human body. We still have a lot to learn, mm-hmm. and especially with food. We still have a ton to learn with food. You know, with synergistic effects of ingredients and components of food. You know, Like cilantro has, I thought, I think the number was like, something like 87, unique phytochemicals not found in most other plant foods something like that uh, don't quote me on that but and we don't know the full effect of each one of those but the the interesting thing is each one of them isolated has a different effect inside the body than when they're presented all at the same time Mm -hmm. so it's a completely different dynamic so we'll never truly understand Synergism of food, as far as like eating a whole meal and how it all acts together inside I the body. We I think
3: eventually I, will. I have hope for that. Maybe the human with the race. help of aliens. maybe. <laughs> 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 we need an advanced technology for that one. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do they say? We need we're an still, evolutionary leap. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, when it comes to a lot of the things we do in healthcare and health practices, we're still walking around with a club and saying <laughs> fire. <ur." laughs>
3: <laughs> sorry (laughs) that's
2: funny went a little
1: primal (laughs) all right so when you eat cooked food so let's say you eat mm, a burger right that's hopefully cooked Hmm. let's say you eat a burger the bun is processed the burger obviously is processed Um, most of it you know if if it's from a fast food chain it's not even all meat there's Mm -hmm. meat fillers and additives there's a bunch of things that are foreign to the body Mm -hmm. your body knows nature it knows what a carrot is. Your mm-hmm. body knows what spinach is. It knows what these. It knows what the lettuce leaf that terrible piece of lettuce that's on the, the wilted <laughs> that sad piece. wilted piece <laughs> of lettuce that's on the <laughs> burger and the slice of tomato. It knows what those two things are. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, the body's like, um, what's this? Even though you've eaten it many, many times. Mm-hmm. So when you eat this, it goes down to the hub of your immune system the system dedicated to fighting off diseases, Mm -hmm. the hub of your immune system is in your gut because this is the open environment to the rest of the world. Your skin is a closed system. Uh, The only way pathogens get into your body, through your eyes, through your nose, through your mouth, and then maybe the other end, Mm -hmm. maybe. So that's it. So your immune system is centralized there in your gut. When this cooked, processed food gets into your gut, your immune system ramps up, because it's a foreign object. It's a pathogen, maybe. It doesn't know yet. So it produces what's called a general immune response. You feel maybe a little bit stuffy nose, little bit Mm. um, tired, because a system is kicking into gear, an immune system. And the more you eat of it, say, let's say that one burger wasn't enough and you mm-hmm. have a second burger, your body's like, holy <laughs> smokes, what do we do let's this? do, you know, what do we do with this? I need to determine whether or not this is a threat. And in most oh, cases, yeah. it is a threat. There are a lot of toxic chemicals in that processed food. Mm-hmm. The way that the meat was cooked, there's a lot of toxic chemicals there. So your body has to deal with that, send it's uh, toxins over to the liver for processing. The immune system is ramping up. You might even develop a small fever from it. Hmm. Your body is going through a process that was recognized and well-known by science, and originally it was called digestive leukocytosis. Okay? okay. leuko, L-E-U-K-O, is a, a prefix for white blood cell activity. Mm-hmm. Okay? And cyto means cell. Is means kind of a disease or disorder. So a immune system cell disease or disorder, digestive leukocytosis of the body. So that whole like feeling tired and lethargic experience Mm -hmm. after eating a large meal, that's all processed or cooked. Mm
3: -hmm. That
1: is what you're experiencing. Your body's going, Oh dude, (laughs) I need to figure out if this is going to kill me. Or, or if I can actually do something with this and try to find some nutrients. And that's nutrients. not a good thing to feel. It is not a good and thing to feel. And people think it is
2: a good thing. Oh, I'm full. It's I'm good. Full. I must have been uh, a good let meal. Let me lay on no. the couch. No, that's not a good Nope.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how food should make you feel. You should feel energized after you eat a meal.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: One, you probably overate. Two, you, so you're overnourished. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Malnourished. Mal-nourished. Mal-nourished. Because you didn't meet the requirements of your minerals Mm. and your vitamins, Mm -hmm. and you probably didn't meet the requirements. Well, usually protein were not too bad, but minerals and vitamins for sure, because vitamins don't survive in a cooked food environment, and they definitely don't survive in a processed food environment. A lot of processing, they have to add the vitamins back in, so they sprinkle them back on in the factory. Who knows if it even sticks around? Crazy. (laughs) So. It's now called pathogenic leukocytosis, where you have a pathogenic response to your cooked foods. How do you prevent this? I'm not saying go full raw. That's, unless you want to, give it a try, but ease into it.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Try 60%. If you look at your plate, Mm -hmm. more than half of what you're eating is raw. You will not enter a state of pathogenic leukocytosis. So this is how you can avoid this feeling of lethargy, of mm. feeling so worn down and tired and broken down by what you've been eating, right. this pathogenic leukocytosis experience. Hmm. So more than half of what you're eating, make it raw. Now, to, do I mean raw meats? No. No Raw plant-based foods.
3: Mm. Yeah. Tate
1: Talks is here every Sunday, live, Pacific time, noon to two, at ihubradio.com you can catch up with recipes you can catch up with everything with me on Facebook Jason Tate or LinkedIn and Instagram at tatetalks.radio next week I have a dear friend an amazing board certified lipidologist doctor who travels the world doing lectures and speaking Dr. Tara Dahl Hmm. and I think next week we'll talk about brain science as well neuroplasticity
3: brain
2: oh gosh (laughs)
1: thank you so much for spending your Sunday with us I look forward to next week in peace and health thank you